0: NBC Radio News on the Hour, brought to you by Winds friction-proofing products to correct and prevent car trouble from radiator to gas tank.
1: Now here is Martin Agronsky, NBC News. President Kennedy denounced critics of his foreign policy today as prone to confuse rhetoric with reality. On the second day of his Texas tour, the president used a Dallas speech to contend that those who advance seemingly swift and simple solutions to every world problem will end in endangering the nation's security. Though the president didn't mention Arizona Senator Barry Goldwater by name, there was no doubt his remarks were aimed at the man who is now regarded as the front-runner for the Republican presidential nomination. Acting Commerce Secretary Franklin D. Roosevelt, Jr. has testified to the Senate Banking Committee that the U.S. will have to hurry its decision on selling surplus wheat to the Soviet Union as the Russians have now set a May 21st deadline for beginning shipments. Roosevelt argued against the proposal of South Dakota Senator Munt to bar government-sponsored credit for wheat purchases by any communist nation. He contended this restriction would bar U.S. businessmen from getting a fair chance to win a part of Russia's annual $4 billion of trade with the free world. At the United Nations in New York, the 17 member states of the presently postponed Geneva Disarmament Conference voted to resume negotiations at Geneva next January 21st. And more news after this from Winds Friction Proofing.
2: With
0: a can of wind.
2: On Friday, November 22, 1963, President Kennedy awoke at 7.30 a.m. He ate a light breakfast with Jackie before going out by himself to the square in front of his hotel to address a crowd of a few thousand people. Someone shouted, Where's Jackie? He pointed to the 8th floor suite and replied, Mrs. Kennedy is organizing herself, but of course she looks better than we do when she does it. The first couple, together with VP Johnson and Texas Governor Connolly, then took a short flight to Dallas. At 11.55, the President's motorcade left Love Field in Dallas. 35 minutes later, history changed forever.
3: We'll see you again in about 30 seconds. Don't go away, huh? Radio Network. And this is KNX, AM and
4: FM, Curious Radio, Los Angeles. From Kraft comes a new kind of safflower oil margarine. Light, new, miracle safflower oil margarine. Made from 100% safflower oil and lightly whipped. To give you six delicious cubes per pound. Although a pound still weighs a pound. Every pat of new Miracle safflower Oil Margarine is lighter, actually one-third lighter than regular margarine. The texture is more delicate for smoother spreading. And this light new Miracle whipped from 100% safflower oil gives you important nutritional benefits. And calories, same per pound as regular margarines, but 12 less per pat with light new Miracle Sandflower Oil Margarine from Kraft. Kraft also brings you a new salad and cooking oil. New miracle sunflower oil for your
0: frying, baking, and salad making. Another crisp, clear, cool day throughout the Los Angeles area. The current temperature in Hollywood is 65 degrees and expected high of 68. In KNX Radio Time, exactly 1030.
3: Every time resumes, Johnny Parker in the orchestra, Richard Hayes and Carol Sloan in New York. And my distinguished guests here at the lovely Kettleworth Hotel in Miami Beach are the columnist Morris McLemore of the Miami News and uh, Gabriel Heater, whom I don't have to introduce to anyone. And it's so good, especially, to see Gabe looking so well. I I wish you could see how well he looks. He is tanned, and I'd like to know why Morris McLemore isn't tanned, living in the same town.
4: Well, uh, I was out of town for three or four weeks. Ah, that'll do, drip. that'll do it. And then I had a little skin problem, so I didn't go out in the sun according to my doctor's orders. Oh, so, really? No. What a shame. And uh, that seems to be clearing up now, so I'll be out. <laughs> Believe me, every day. A great, great prospect for my cure there. It? <laughs> <laughs> there you are, a customer. Gita's form. son certainly has done you sure. good, okay. You look like a child. Well, thank you very much, Arthur. I've been very lucky down here. Feeling better than I did up north. I used to sneeze my head off up north, <laughs> and um, laryngitis would come three, four times a year regularly. Yeah, it's terrible. But you know, and one thing we've got down here that's a little different, we have Hank Meyer here, and if it isn't, if you don't have a beautiful day, you call him up and say, Hank, where, where the heck is that sun? <laughs> and uh, it comes out. <laughs> well, you know, it comes out. Being the... <laughs> Excuse me one Boy, second, Gabe, yeah, but, but being the kind of man this fellow is, you know, Gabe. Yeah, and being, being a, an optimist by nature, or at least one filled with hope, um and good health. I don't know how he managed to stay away from Florida as long as he did. How many years ago did you come down? About 12, 12 years ago. ago. Right. He should have been here 30 years ago. Yes, I should have.
3: <laughs> he was telling me earlier that what brought him down here was the night that they had a big blizzard in New York, and he and his wife were watching the TV, and a redheaded guy named Godfrey Opened his television show by walking out
4: of the surf. That's right. Oh yeah, <laughs> you remember that? He right. went way, way. That was one of your first times it wasn't Way, went. Yeah, uh, one of the first shows. Going. Yeah. I came in swimming as calm as a porpoise. I <laughs> mean, he was having a good time. <laughs> there we were all huddled up with the oil burner going full blast. <laughs> I said to my wife, "Why don't we go down to Florida?" She said, "What are you going to do in Florida?" I said, "I'm going to work." You mean just as you do here? I said, of course. And now I've got my whole family down here, and uh, I don't think, I think my wife would rather divorce me than go back north. (laughs) You know, I have, I have had
3: some dealings in this business with a relative of yours, a very fine young man, who conducts a um, production business on the coast. Oh, my nephew. Your nephew. Yes. Very fine, handsome young fellow. Rarity. Yeah. R- 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 yeah. Um, I got one product I got to tell you about quickly, which is glass wax for cleaning your windows. This is the same product that I had the honor and privilege of introducing to you 16 years ago on this show. It is now improved. They have a, a, a formula now which not only dissolves the dirt, even the greasiest dirt, but also absorbs it so that when you wipe it off with a soft cloth, the window is sparkling clean and polished. You're silly if you do your windows in the old fashioned way, this is so easy. Get glass wax, apply it properly, which is thinly and sparingly with a damp sponge and wipe it off with a dry cloth. And I'm gonna call on the vocalists in New York, if I may now, gentlemen, for a moment. Got a lovely little gal up there named Carol Sloan, who has a tune called Hallelujah. called Hallelujah, I Love him So. Let
2: me tell you about a boy I know. This is Soundcheck Audio from the collection of Gordon Skeen. On the morning of Friday, November 22, 1963, Gordon was 12 years old and home from school, recovering from an operation. Out of boredom, he switched on his parents' tape recorder and tuned to KNX, CBS's affiliate in Los Angeles. On the air was Arthur Godfrey time, talking from Miami with journalist Morris McLemore and commentator Gabriel Heater. Longtime CBS journalist and host Andy Rooney remembered Godfrey's influence.
5: Godfrey has talked more words to more people than any person who ever lived because he was on for an hour and a half, simulcast, a phrase we used to use, meaning both radio and television at the same time, for an hour and a half, five days a week. He was on an hour Wednesday night, Arthur Godfrey and his friends, which was always one of the top-rated shows, either one, two, or three. And then Talent Scouts was often number one. That was half an hour Monday night. And then there was a Best of Arthur Godfrey, which was just a collection of stuff taken from edited out of the week uh, on half an hour on Saturdays. And nobody could have done it who didn't take it as easily as he did. He invented a whole style of radio, and people don't realize how important he was. And some of the people who are still popular owe their style to Godfrey. He invented Jack Parr, who's gone. He invented probably Dave Garraway.
2: He invented Johnny
5: Carson, in, in a sense.
2: In the late 1930s, a redhead from New York with a slight Southern droll named Arthur Godfrey was making a name for himself, hosting an all-night CBS show in Washington, D.C. on WJSV. He spent the overnight airtime playing records and chatting. Audiences were drawn to Godfrey's informal approach. In August of 1941, CBS picked up the MC for a national broadcast. The next October 4th, he began announcing for Fred Allen's Texaco Star Theater. Unfortunately, Alan and Godfrey didn't mix well on air, so Alan dropped him after six weeks. Godfrey continued to appear on CBS special broadcasts. His star catapulted when he was a tearful reporter at FDR's funeral in April of 1945. CBS gave him a new morning show. Arthur Godfrey Time debuted less than two weeks later on April 30th.
3: She is a delightful evening's entertainment.
2: Unfortunately, Godfrey's popularity nosedived on October 19, 1953. After years of working both himself and his supporting cast to the bone, he began to treat them like children. Godfrey had a falling out with singer Julius LaRosa, firing him live on the air. Many felt Godfrey was jealous of his popularity. Once the show signed off for the day, Godfrey fired his band leader Archie Blyer. When Ed Sullivan invited LaRosa on his Toast of the Town TV show, Godfrey called Sullivan a dope. The reporters covering the story were a bunch of jerks. Rather than back off, Godfrey fired the rest of his cast and continued broadcasting. But the press, the public, and Godfrey himself never forgot or forgave what happened. His problems continued. He lost his pilot license after buzzing an airport tower. One by one his shows folded. Then he got lung cancer and later pronouncing himself cured, devoted much of his time to the fight against the disease. He professed to be writing a book that would tell the whole story of his incredible life and claimed to be working on a new deal for a TV show. In the end, CBS and William Paley, who never liked Godfrey but liked his ratings, refused to put him on TV. Godfrey continued his network radio show until 1972, when he finally quit. In his 70s, he still talked occasionally of coming back. But he died on March 16, 1983, in New York City. Can, of course, you can
3: always buy something, but you want a vacation. I recommend this Port St. Lucie Country Club. You can play on two beautiful 18 hole golf courses, enjoy the facilities of one of the most beautiful dining facilities I've ever seen, a clubhouse just gorgeous swimming pool kids playgrounds and a marina which is really a marina in fact you sit in the dining room and you look out the picture windows on one side and you're overlooking this gorgeous golf course and on the other side is the swimming pool and the marina so they cater to two kinds at once and if you like you can live in your own furnished home one two or three bedrooms Complete hotel service, linen, silverware, TV, cooking facilities if you want to cook instead of using the dining facilities of the country club. And you know what? You can play golf every day. There are very few days in the year in Florida, southern Florida, when you can't play golf. And those days would be the very few in the rainy season when it really rains hard. Right?
4: Right? Right. Most of the time you can play... Usually you'll find a few nuts doing it on those days, too, (laughs) really. (laughs) Some beleaguered Yankee who finally got
3: down, and you know, and desperate to play a little bit. That's the the time when I really feel sorry for somebody. You know, he saved his money and his opportunity and comes down and hits one of those dang rainy weekends, which we get once in a while, of course. Otherwise, the place would burn up.
1: That's
3: right. But... uh, I, I just hope that, it, that that's the best thing I could wish for you, that the weekend you come to Florida, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Boy, I've had it happen to me, Gabe. You remember some of those shows we
0: oh, did down yes. here in bathing yes, suits, shivering? Yes, yes, yes.
4: <laughs> Still, you had a great time. Oh, yes. did a tremendous job for a lot of people because, you know, except for you, uh, a lot of these people would say, oh, yeah, someday I'm going to go to Florida I know. It was a plan, a hope. And they'd get older and older, and then, unfortunately, it was too late. He was gone, or his wife was gone, or something happened. The idea of being able to get people to do something now when they can use it is, to me, one of the great things, great accomplishments if you can do it. That's... You've done it. Well, you know, we've had a great many promoters of note, some famous and some infamous, I
6: guess. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Working around
4: Florida. But uh, I think that Arthur has—I uh, know he's gotten more distance out of his remarks than in the rest of them. Oh yes.
7: And probably
0: uh, up. Here is a news alert bulletin from the KNX Radio News Bureau. President Kennedy was shot today, just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She cried, "Oh no!" The motorcade kept going. Mrs. Kennedy was in the car with the president repeating President Kennedy was shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas, Texas. Further details as they are available in the KNX News Bureau.
3: Yeah, he's got the hotel now. The other day, the, the Minute Maid people gave me a beautiful watch, and thank heaven they autographed it to me and inscribed it.
8: We interrupt this program for a CBS Radio Net Alert Bulletin. This is Alan Jackson reporting from CBS News headquarters in New York with a bulletin on an incident which just occurred in Dallas, Texas, where President Kennedy is visiting.
2: Well, this exact recording isn't the original that Gordon Skeen air-checked. He later said about recording that morning, Why was I doing it? I have no idea. And to this day, I couldn't tell you exactly what made me pick this day and this hour to hit the record button. Suddenly, it all became very serious. According to the last report, both the president and the governor were hit by the bullets. What follows here is a living nightmare, now 60 and years old, in, and not a moment of it is dated by time. The
8: Parkland Hospital. The governor was also taken to Parkland. Clint Hill, a Secret Service agent assigned to Mrs. Kennedy... escorted the president into the hospital, and we are awaiting further word on his condition. We will repeat these details as they have come into us here in our New York news headquarters. A would-be assassin fired at the presidential automobile in Dallas a short while ago, hitting both President Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly. President Kennedy, was cradled in his wife's arms as the car sped off to Parkland Hospital in Dallas. Both the President and Governor Connolly have been taken into the hospital for emergency treatment. An Associated Press photographer, James Altkin, said he saw blood on the President's head. He said he heard two shots but thought someone was shooting fireworks until he saw the blood on the President. The photographer, Altkin, said that he saw No one with a gun at the time. These are the details we have so far on this situation. We are awaiting further information that might come in by telephone or by the Press Association wire to our news headquarters here in New York. The President, as you know, was on a three day tour of the state of Texas. He flew down yesterday and was preparing to make an appearance and a speech today in Dallas before flying on to the state capital of Austin for an appearance this evening. We will repeat the information we have up now. Both President Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly have been wounded by an assassin's bullet. We do not know the condition of either man. Both have been taken to Parkland Hospital in Dallas, Texas. This is the latest we have at our CBS News headquarters in New York. We now resume our regularly e- schedule program. I
3: think I've ever seen that book of hers, you know, on photography, yes. on the f- photographing the uh, human figure, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And her sculpture is all around the house, her little art, her taste everywhere. They have one of the most beautiful homes I've ever seen.
0: You
4: know, you walk in there, you relax completely. Mm.
8: We interrupt this program for a CBS Radio Net Alert Bulletin. This is Alan Jackson reporting from CBS News Headquarters in New York with more details on the incident which just occurred in Dallas a short while ago where President Kennedy has been wounded by a would-be assassin. He and Texas Governor Connolly were shot from ambush as their motorcade drove through Dallas shortly after the President arrived in the city on the second day of his tour. So far, there's no indication of how seriously either man was injured. Both were lying flat in their car as the automobile sped off to a hospital. Both men have been taken to the Park Lane Hospital in Dallas for treatment. Uh, the incident occurred just east of the triple underpass facing a park in downtown Dallas. Reporters in the motorcade with the presidential party were about five car lengths behind the chief executive's car at the time. It had been difficult to tell immediately whether the first lady and Mrs. Connolly who were riding in the same car might have been injured. They were holding their husbands as the car rushed off to the hospital. And we are still waiting more details on just what went on there. Secret Service agents in a follow-up car quickly unlimbered their automatic rifles. They drew their pistols, but the damage had been done. One of our correspondents on the scene is now in contact with us, so let's switch now to news correspondent Dan Rather in Dallas. Dallas
7: police have just confirmed that Texas Governor John Connolly also was shot at the same time as President Kennedy as the two men rode in the same car in a motorcade from downtown Dallas toward the Dallas trademark where President Kennedy was to have made a speech. Pandemonium broke out at the scene of the shooting as three shots emerged from somewhere in the crowd. The crowd along the route of the motorcade was four and five lines deep At the time of the shooting, the motorcade was passing at least three buildings, more than three stories. One child, aged seven, told authorities that he saw a man lean out of the fifth floor of one of the buildings and fire the shots. Police and Secret Service agents now have that building surrounded and are going through the building in a systematic search. Still, another witness at the scene said, this man was an adult, said he thought he saw a man and a woman crawling along a walkway over the motorcade route and that this adult said it was possible that that man and woman could have fired the shots dallas police say they have no information on the condition of either president kennedy or texas governor john Connolly. several reporters who were in the motorcade said that mr kennedy had blood on his head as he was taken into an ambulance and rushed to dallas's parkland hospital just a few blocks from the trademark where he was to have
8: made the speech This is Dan Rather in Dallas, Texas. That's the latest from one of our team of correspondents with the presidential party in Dallas. We will be getting additional details from minute to minute as we continue here. The shooting took place at 1.45 Eastern time. That was just about a little over 10 minutes ago. President Kennedy apparently was shot in the head. He fell face down in the back seat of his car, and there was blood on his head. Mrs. Kennedy riding in the car with him shouted, oh no, and tried to hold up her husband's head. Riding in the same car were Governor Connolly and Mrs. Connolly. Governor Connolly also was hit. We are not, have no information on how seriously either man has been hurt. Connolly remained half seated, but slumped to the left when he was shot. There was blood on his face and forehead. Both the president and the governor were rushed to Parkland Hospital near the Dallas Trademark, where President Kennedy was to have made a speech today. And a late word, Texas Congressman Albert Thomas says he has been informed that both President Kennedy and Governor Connolly are still alive after having been shot in an assassination attempt. That is the first word we have had to that effect. Congressman Thomas says he has been informed that President Kennedy and Governor Connolly are both still alive after the shooting attempt a short while ago. Thomas, standing outside the corridor of the emergency room in which both the President and Connolly are under treatment, said he has been told the President is still alive but is in a very critical condition. President Kennedy is in a very critical condition after the attempted assassination in Dallas, Texas, less than a quarter of an hour ago. The security police have the one building surrounded where, according to one report, the assassins may have been planning their ambush. There's one other report that a man and a woman were seen on a grassy knoll overlooking the motorcade route and that perhaps that was at the ambush spot. Details are still scarce. The situation was a turmoil as would be understandable uh, immediately after the shooting took place when the president was taken into the emergency room a call was sent out immediately for some of the top surgical specialists in Dallas as we won't mention a moment ago the president was shot in the head he fell back in his car and blood could be seen on his head and a call was also sent out for a Roman Catholic priest. This is a standard procedure in serious operations of this type and is not to be taken as indicating the expected fate of the President yet. Vice President Lyndon Johnson was in a car behind the President. There is no immediate indication that he was hurt. In fact, there's no indication at all of what might have happened to Johnson since only the president's car and its Secret Service follow-up car went to the hospital in the initial drive. We have a further report from another one of our correspondents in the area. Let's go now to news correspondent Nelson Benton at the hospital.
7: A few moments ago, there was still no official word on the president's condition from authorities at Dallas Parkland Memorial Hospital. However, Senator Ralph Yarborough of Texas, who was riding three cars behind the president in the Dallas motorcade, gave reporters a description of what he saw as the president was shot and as his car followed the presidential limousine from downtown Dallas to the hospital. Senator Yarborough told newsmen that he heard three shots. He did not see where they came from, but he thought he heard three. He said he then saw a secret service man beating his fist on the president's limousine. Senator Yarborough told newsmen it was too horrible to describe, but he did tell reporters that both Governor Connolly and the president were gravely injured. He said that the president appeared to have been shot in the head. Senator Yarbrough, as we say, was three cars back from the president's car. He said his limousine followed to the hospital. He only saw the attendants at the hospital carrying the president into the hospital. Thus far, no report, as we know from here, on his exact condition. This is Nelson Banton outside Parkland Memorial
8: Hospital in Dallas, Texas. One further report has come into our news headquarters here in New York by the Associated Press. Quoting the Secret Service as saying that the President remains in the emergency room and that the governor has been moved to the general operating room of Parkland Hospital. One Secret Service man was overheard telling another that there was no me- need to move the President because emergency facilities are entirely adequate in the emergency room where he is located. Our news bureau in Washington has reported that the Senate has recessed and that Senator Ted Kennedy, the youngest of the Kennedy brothers, was presiding over the Senate when the news was was received. Mrs. Kennedy apparently was safe, and Mrs. Connolly also is safe. Both women were riding in the same car, the same limousine, in which the President and the Governor were riding in their motorcade through Dallas when the assassination attempt took place. And while we are waiting for further details to come in from Dallas, here is our my colleague Dallas Townsend with a summary on similar situations in the past. Dallas Townsend. Well, Alan, the most
9: famous assassination in American history, of course, was the <coughs> excuse me was the <coughs> assassination of Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, who was shot by John Wilkes Booth in April 19, 1865 and died the following day. <coughs> After that, there was uh, an attempt on William McKinley, who was president in 1901. William McKinley was shot on September 6, 1901, and he died September 14th after lingering for several days in extreme pain. A, an anarchist named Leon Shogolz was executed for the crime on October 29th. In 1933, President-elect Franklin Delano Roosevelt was shot at, in Miami, Florida, by an anar- anarchist named Joseph Zangara. The uh, anarchist missed the president-elect, but fatally wounded Mayor Anton Cermak of Chicago. Mayor Cermak died March 6th. Zangara was electrocuted on March 20th, 1933, just uh, just about the time that Roosevelt was inaugurated president. When uh, President Truman was in the White House, uh, actually he was in Blair House at the time, uh, there was an attempt on his life by uh, Puerto Rican uh, super-nationalists who attacked Blair House, uh, in the early afternoon, fired at the Secret Service, and actually, uh, shot and killed one of the Secret Service guards. The President was on the third floor of Blair House at the time. As I recall, he came to the window, one of the Secret Service guards looked up, saw him, and said, get back, Mr. President, and he got back. Uh, the President, uh, was not injured in that incident. Since that time, there have been no known attacks on the president until the one today in Dallas, Texas, against President Kennedy and Governor John Connolly. And as Alan Jackson has been
8: uh, telling you, they are critically injured but are still alive at the moment, both of them in hospital. Let's hear now more from the scene as we switch again to Dallas and CBS News correspondent Robert Pierpoint.
1: human blood type B plus has just been rushed into the operating room where President Kennedy and Governor Connolly are being worked over by doctors here at Parkland Memorial Hospital. We do not know whom the blood is for, but the situation still looks very bad. As we said a little earlier, two priests have also gone in to be with the president. I repeat that the latest information we have only is that Human blood has been rushed into the operating rooms. We do not know whether it is for the president or for Governor Connolly, both of whom are reported to be in serious condition. This is Robert Pierpoint at Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas.
7: Dallas police and federal agents have completely surrounded a multi-story building which was on the motorcade route directly across the street from the scene where President John Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly were shot a short while ago. Police say they have found four empty cartridges on the fifth floor of the building. Police with sawed-off shotguns and other weapons have completely ringed the entire area. One ring of police is around the building itself. Another is around about a three-block area in which the building is located. Police and federal agents are going through a systematic search of the building. Police emphasize that they have no definite information as yet as to whether the empty cartridges found in the building were those uh, fired from the gun which hit uh, President Kennedy and Governor Connolly. But police are working on the theory that the would-be assassin fired his shots from that five-story building which was on the motorcade route directly across the street from where President Kennedy and Governor Connolly were shot. Latest word from Dallas's Parkland Hospital is that the... Uh, of President Kennedy is being withheld at the moment. There are conflicting reports as to whether the injuries are serious or not serious. Two Roman Catholic priests have been admitted to the President's room. No word yet on the
8: condition of Texas Governor John Connolly. This is Dan Rather in Dallas, Texas. Here in New York, the New York Stock Exchanges have closed early for the day because of the shooting of President Kennedy. In Washington, the Senate recessed pending developments as word reached the Capitol there that the president had been shot in Dallas. The House was not in session at the time. Senator Mansfield, the Democratic leader, made the motion to recess at four minutes before 2 Eastern time. Senator Wayne Morris of Oregon said just before the recess, if there ever was an hour when all Americans should pray, this is the hour. Let's go back to Dallas. Here's another report by correspondent Dan Rather.
7: Dallas County Sheriff's Office reports it has arrested a 25-year-old suspect, a man suspected of possibly being connected with the shooting of President John Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly. Also, from the scene of the area where the President and Texas governor were shot shortly after noon, Central Standard time today, the police continue their search around a five-story building in which four empty cartridges were found on the fifth floor. Another report from the scene of the shooting seems to confirm that one Secret Service agent was killed at the same time President Kennedy and Governor Connolly were shot. This is Dan Rather in Dallas, Texas.
8: Let's switch now for news from the nation's capital as we switch to news correspondent Wells Church on Capitol Hill.
0: Well, of course, Washington was probably hardest hit by this startling news. And oddly enough, by coincidence, The president's brother, Senator Ted Kennedy, was the presiding officer of the Senate when they learned of the shooting. Actually, he was calmly signing his name to a series of group photographs for visitors when an aide came running in with the word from Dallas. Well, most of the senators looked up, of course, obviously angry at the interruption, and the aide ran to Kennedy's chair. The senator threw down his pen, and the pictures scattered all over as he ran for the door. And the same aide ran from senator to senator telling them the news. They'd just been discussing the proposed extension of aid to rural libraries. And orly leader Dirksen put his hand to his heart. Senator Wayne Morse of Oregon, who's been leading, who had been leading the discussion, well, he walked a few steps and he stopped and he turned, and then he ran straight for a side door. Side door. Others in the chamber at the uh, time the included the time. Senator Mansfield, Senator Mansfield and Senator Symington of Missouri, and Senator Randolph of West Virginia all gathered at Dirksen's desk for a moment, and then they all fled the chamber. Reporters crashed over each other in a dash for the doors. The usual scattering of tourists, no more than a hundred were left. Everyone completely stunned. At the moment, the Senate is in, was in, when I came in, the Senate was in recess on the call of the chair, but Roger Mudd, CBS News correspondent on Capitol Hill, has some later news than that.
6: Roger? The Senate uh, has just gone back into session at the call of Majority Leader Mansfield, and when I left the floor just a moment ago with the ringing of the bells summoning the Senator's back, uh, Senator Dirksen said the intention was for the chaplain of the Senate, Frederick uh, Brown Harris, to lead the Senate in a prayer, and then the Senate would go out uh, adjourning uh, to await again the call of the chair. Uh, After uh, Senator Teddy Kennedy uh, quickly left uh, the presiding officer's chair. His place was taken by Senator Spessard Holland of Florida. Uh, The Senate at that moment was in the midst of a quorum call. The quorum call was suspended. Uh, Senator Mansfield got unanimous consent on uh, two uh, pending pieces of legislation, and then the House went into recess. Very quickly, uh, senators came flocking in from the cloakrooms, from their offices, from the uh, restaurant down below. And uh, in the back of the Senate chamber along the, uh, the uh, corridor that uh, backs the chamber are two uh, uh, wire service machines, and that very quickly became the center of activity. As I went through, I noticed that one, Senators Inouye of Hawaii, a to the Missouri and Gore of Tennessee, over at the other wire machine was uh, Harry Byrd, Bob Bartlett from Alaska, Stephen Young of Ohio, Herman Talmadge of Georgia. Dick Russell of uh, Georgia, Ken Keating of uh, New York, and Dick Russell was reading aloud to the assembled senators the news that kept coming in paragraph by paragraph from Dallas. The uh, the Senate official who brought the first word in to Teddy Kennedy was uh, Richard Riddell, who uh, serves as a press liaison uh, official for the Senate and summons senators for reporters as they come in. Uh, most of the members of the Senate, uh, uh, Wells, were almost too shocked to, to open their mouths. What I heard uh, uh, Albert Gore say was, it's just, it's just horrible, that's all I can say. I went and talked to Jim Pearson, a young Republican from Kansas. He told me, I feel sick at my stomach.
0: Many of the, many of the senators came rushing here to the Senate radio gallery, uh, expecting to find later news here than they might even on that wire. Uh, Senator Curtis, for example, rushed in. Actually, uh, his face was flushed. He was chomping on a cigar, and of course, we weren't able to tell them any more than you, uh, the audience, have already heard. CBS newsman David Schumacher was uh, was in the gallery at the uh, uh, at the time uh, that Senator Kennedy was told of the difficulty in
6: Dallas. Uh, were there any other impressions you got? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, leave? we had to send him away. We're trying to have Dave. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen,
8: the President of the United States is dead. John F. Kennedy has died of the wounds received in an assassination in Dallas less than an hour ago. We repeat, it has just been announced that President Kennedy is dead. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States, is dead at the age of 46, shot by an assassin as he drove through the streets of Dallas, Texas, less than an hour ago. Repeating this, the president is dead, killed in Dallas, Texas, by a gunshot wound.